Hospice Nursing Podcast, episode number one. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Hospice Nursing Podcast. That's right. My name is James Dibbon, and I am going to be your host for this show that my plan is to release at least two a month, one on the every first and third Monday at 10 a.m. Don't ask me why I picked that time. It just made sense. (laughs) So... This show is being recorded live, and is there any other way to record a show is live? Like, when I see that on the news sometimes, I think, uh, yes, it was recorded live, but right now you're playing me a replay. Um, But I think what that means for me and for this show is that I am camped out in our spare bedroom recording this straight to an audio file, and uh, it's just going to be posted when I'm done. There is no editing or anything like that, you're just going to get the real deal uh, twice a month. So for today's first episode, I think we just need to set some um, foundation for what this show is about and what I hope to accomplish. So I appreciate everybody who's listening to this now and who will listen to it in the future. So uh, I think a good place to start is an about, an about James. And Who is this guy who thinks he should have a hospice nursing podcast? And uh, what's the point? And who is it for? Um, So I think a good place to start is just a little bit about me. And I live in the Kansas City metropolitan area uh, and have been in this area of the country most of my life. And um, so I first became a nurse in 1993. I have been married for 31 years to my high school sweetheart, Julie, and we have four amazing daughters. And so when people ask me, James, how long have you been in nursing? I can, this being recorded in the fall of uh, 2021, I can say I have been a nurse for almost 30 years, unbelievable as that is. But the truth is I left nursing for a while. I became an LPN in 1993 and worked full-time until 1997 and then took a big, long break and worked in some small business. And then in 2004, I started my own business, uh, which was just a subcontractor here in Kansas City, uh, building cabinets and countertops and installing them. And I had my own company doing that. I come from a long line of woodworkers. No, not a long line, but my dad has been a woodworker his whole life. And, um, but as the economy, as many of you will remember in 2007, eight, nine, uh, was really bad and I just wasn't able to keep that business open. And so I decided to return to nursing, but I didn't want to stay in LPN. I felt like I wanted, um, a little bit more flexibility in my decisions, um, as a healthcare professional. So I went back to nursing school at the ripe old age of 38 um, and had to repeat everything from my LPN 
training. I had to start all over with all the prerequisites and did that full time while being a father to four daughters and a husband to an amazing wife. And she gets as much accolades for those three and a half years as I do because she was a single mom through so much of that and supported me unwaveringly. Um, and there was, as you can imagine, as we all run into in nursing school, there's challenges for everybody. Um, who goes to nursing school. If something bad is going to happen to you, it's going to happen in nursing school. <laughs> and it felt like it did for us. But I finished nursing school in um, December of 2014, and I knew coming out of that program that what I wanted to do was hospice. And so I went straight into hospice here in Kansas City. I went to work for North Care Hospice in North Kansas City and spent two years there as a um, RN case manager. So my so I've been in hospice for six and a half years now. It'll be seven in February of 2022. Um, we'll be seven years in hospice. And I've really had every role that there is to have in hospice as I make this first recording. I spent two years as an RN case manager in the field, and I was trained by my great buddy, Mike, who will be on future episodes as a special guest um, because much of where I am today I owe to my friend Mike. So he'll be on these shows. Um, my plan is the next show for sure, the next couple shows, um, and you'll get to meet Mike, and I'm really excited about that. Um, he's phenomenal, and he's a podcaster actually himself, and uh, I think everybody will enjoy getting to meet him and hear a little bit of his story, and we, we'll be talking about some subjects together. Um, so after two years of case management, I left there and went to another hospice and was the admissions nurse for, uh, did that full time for about seven months before I got my first clinical, uh, director role at another hospice. And so, um, rather than detail every single hospice I've worked for, I just, I'll let you know that I've been clinical director three different times, um, and, and an administrator as well at one of the places I was clinical director. And now I think um, where I am now, I really feel like is my forever home in hospice. I really don't have permission to share that directly here um, because I don't want anything I say or do on this show to be reflective of the stance, how, whatever that disclaimer is that you're supposed to put in shows. Um, but, um, you know, we'll just keep that private for now, unless I'm told by the leadership there. Yeah, sure. Tell us. Maybe they want to listen to a few of these episodes and make sure I'm not crazy before they let me say where I work. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, so I think a big question is why here and why now? James, why are you starting this podcast? What is your goal? Um, and so let's just answer some of this. So about a year ago, I had been with this company for about eight months or so, and we went through this really big growth spurt. And during that growth spurt, I ended up back in the field full-time carrying a full caseload while still trying to be the clinical director. And so I, I picked up this big caseload and I have amazing coworkers who also um, decided to start doing half of my job, right? My administrator and uh, one of our other 
office nurses, who's also amazing, uh, they started having to do a lot of my clinical director role as I was out in the field because we were growing faster than we could hire. Um, and then as we started hiring, we decided to try something that for us and for the majority of hospice providers here in Kansas City is a little bit different in that I started training hospice nurses in the field personally. Um, and previous to that, we felt like a lot of our training and our orientation for our new hires was rushed. And I think that can happen a lot with any and all organizations because we're desperate for the help. We're short. Uh, no hospice organization that I'm aware of has hired lots of extra nurses sitting around waiting for somebody else to move on so they can just pick up their caseload. And what happens a lot of times, and I'm sure you're listening to this, if you're a, a hospice nurse or anybody else who works for a hospice, you notice that the current nurses get loaded up with caseloads that are almost impossible to handle. And we did not want to do that to our staff. So James ends up out in the field with a caseload that went from four or five to 16 real quick. We had a nurse that left and we went through a big growth spurt. But we discovered that if we took more time to train our nurses, shocking, that we felt like our retention would be better and it would be better for the uh, for the patients, obviously, because we're trying to get away from taking nurses, especially those who are brand new to hospice. We are trying to keep from giving them this short uh, training because hospice is such a unique field, um, but give them the short orientation and just push them out the door and wish them luck. So we ended up revamping our entire structure and one of our Quapi nurses took over the actual clinical director role, and I moved into what I wanted to call and was supported in calling a hospice clinical team leader. And I didn't want to be a team manager because I feel like a manager just, if they're not careful, we treat our staff like they are pawns on a chessboard. And our job is just to move them where we want them to be and just take control, not, not allow them to have any of their own personality in what it is they do or their own ownership, I guess I could say. So I wanted to be a team leader, not a team manager. I wanted to be this coach for hospice professionals, um, specifically for nurses. Um, and I have discovered over the last year that that is what I actually love about hospice. Now, don't get me wrong. I love patients. Patients are so important and patients come first, right? But I'm just starting to recognize that another thing that I enjoy is the coaching, the lifting up, the encouraging of hospice nurses almost as much as I love working with hospice patients. And I'm real thankful for this role that I have now because it's this hybrid role as I've described it, of 50% in the field and 50% in the office, which means I get to do right along with all of my staff, the aides, the nurses, the social workers, the chaplains, with everybody. Um, not because I know everything, but because I want to make sure they are getting the support and encouragement that they need in the field in this extremely difficult profession. 
known as hospice. So I'm very excited, and what has really prompted this podcast was when I joined the Hospice Nursing Support Group on Facebook, and it's a very large group. It's got pushing 12,000 members right now, and I got on there, and I've been a part of it for a while, but I had to be honest, I hadn't been paying a whole lot of attention to it as busy as I've been, but as I've been on that um, you know, Facebook group, I would just watch post after post after post coming through there of how burned out the staff is. And burnout in hospice is a real, real thing. Um, and prior to do, and I mean, if you're a, you, you probably hear this anywhere. If you're listening to this and maybe you're not technically a podcast perf- or podcast, a hospice professional, you still hear about the high numbers of nursing burnout here in America. And it is absolutely real. It's a real thing. Um, and I have about three different articles that I kind of was looking over before recording this first episode, because if you work in nursing, you know, there's burnout. So there's no reason for you to get on Google and start hunting nursing burnout articles. But I did find three of them that I felt were were useful, and there was one that was very, very useful, particularly useful, that I'll be sure to link in the show notes on my website, which you can visit at hospicenursingpodcast.com, which is also a part of confessionsofahospicenurse.net, which is where I blog. They're both the same place right now. Um, But anyway, one of the articles was really, really good from hospicenews.com, and I'll link it in the show notes for today. But this article, one quick little paragraph that I'm just going to read to you. I'm not here to read you content. But it says, currently in the United States, and I don't know when this article was written, but it references a study in 2018, so it's not an old article. Not when you're 50. It's not old. (laughs) Currently, the United States has 13.35 hospice and palliative care specialist for every 100,000 adults, 65 and older. So let me say that again. So it's about 13 specialists for every 100,000 adults, 65 and older. Now that was a 2018 study and it estimated that by 2040, the patient population will need 10,000 to 24,000 specialists. And they're only expected to see between 8,000 and 19,000. So the shortage isn't going anywhere. It's only going to get worse. And this podcast is my attempt to help nurses and other hospice professionals avoid burnout. And maybe that sounds a little crazy. I'm not a psychotherapist or anything like that. I am a registered nurse in Kansas City, but I like to think of myself as a very observant Um, member of the hospice community. And because I've held every role inside of hospice, that includes on-call, nights, weekends. I've done hundreds, if not thousands, of admissions. I've had the role of administrator where I've watched the people around me and tried to support them. I've been clinical director, working with an administrator. I've done it all. And I think one of the things that I've observed, and please don't feel attacked by this, but I've got some things to say to you if you do. Um, I think sometimes us nurses contribute to our own burnout with bad habits. And I am as guilty as anybody 
with having bad habits. Aren't Isn't every single one of us, nobody listening to this podcast and nobody recording this podcast can say that they don't have bad habits that impact their lives negatively. Um, and my thought process is this. We can talk about the burnout or we can do something about the burnout. And the only people that we have control of is ourselves. All right? So we can talk about our organization and the challenges that it has and whether or not it supports us well or if it overworks us. And those are all legitimate things to talk about and discuss. But we have to start with ourselves because the person in the mirror is the biggest challenge we will absolutely ever face, isn't it? We all know that. So this show, this podcast, is going to be about what we can do ourselves to help avoid hospice burnout. That's just, that's just the simple part of it. So what I did to begin my journey down the road of helping nurses avoid hospice burnout was after seeing so many posts on the hospice um, support group on Facebook, which I'll be glad to link in the notes. So if you happen to not be a part of that group, then you can visit hospicenursingpodcast.com, hunt down episode one, and I will make sure to link to that Facebook group. So if you are a hospice professional, you will be able to join that group. But anyway, I saw so many posts on there from nurses who are feeling burned out for a lot of different reasons that I decided to write a series on my blog at confessionsofahospicenurse.net regarding avoiding hospice burnout. And that turned into 10 articles that I wrote over about a 90-day period. And I, the, um, the administrator of that hospice support group gave me permission to post the entire series on there as I wrote each one. And the feedback was absolutely overwhelming. I was absolutely shocked at the kind of positive feedback that I got for the series. Um, and so, and then I started getting a lot of requests to do a podcast as well. And what a lot of people don't know, but people who know me closely know, was that about 11 years ago, I had a podcast um, while I was still operating my um my subcontracting company, and it was called um, Blue Collar Business Podcast, and I did 54 episodes straight, one a week. That was a lot of hard work. One a week for 54 straight weeks. At one point, I actually did them live and broadcasted them um, before Facebook and YouTube, you know, had live broadcasting, live streaming. So um, that's probably neither here nor there, but at least it gives you an idea that I'm certainly not new at this. Um, but I've just decided that one thing I'm really interested in doing, and I don't necessarily feel like this is, um, you know, something that's really out there, is we need a some kind of support for hospice nurses uh, to help them not burn out. And this is just my solution to that. So um, I want to talk about what this show is and what this show is not 
going to be just to kind of help the listener understand what we're trying to do here. Whether you be a lay person or a nurse or a home health aide, chaplain, social worker, anybody who is actually attached professionally as a hospice professional uh, seeing patients, or if you're a lay person who's tuning in, what should you expect from the Hospice Nursing Podcast? Will it provide anything for you? And I think the answer to that is yes, but maybe a little indirectly, if that makes sense. So let's talk about what the show isn't first, because it's way more fun to talk about what the show is. So one thing that we're going to have on this show is there are going to be ways to reach out to this show um, and provide your own feedback, but also requests for future shows or episodes or coaching sessions. Maybe I should change it to hospice coaching podcast. I don't know. I'm not going to do that. Not now. <laughs> but the point being is that this, this, epi- this show is going to be almost like a hospice coaching show, so to speak. Um, so let's talk about what the show is not when you go to leave feedback and there is actually a feedback voicemail line that is 816-834-9191. Call that number right now and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you and I'd love to hear from your, for your show ideas. But here's, here's what I'm going to say the show is not complaining about the company that we work for. No company is perfect. No employee is perfect. We're going to talk about what we can control. We can control us. We can't control the company we work for. And I, hospice is done differently in many different areas of the country. And this show is not about me helping you figure out whether or not you should work for your hospice or if they treat you poorly. Those kinds of things are between you the people that you love, and the company that you work for. So here on the Hospice Nursing Podcast, we're not, I'm not, we're not doing shows about the company that we work for. We're not complaining about our um, company because um, we could do a lot of that. Let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes it's like that with any business, right? Any job that you have, sometimes leadership can be challenging. I'm in leadership. Raise your hand if you're in leadership, and sometimes you are challenging for your staff to deal with. My hand is up. Should I wait? Okay, I won't wait. How about this? Complaining about facilities. I have to admit, some of these rules I have in place, I learned because we have these same rules at the Hospice Nurse Support Facebook group. Because I'll admit, sometimes facilities can be challenging, but those places are full of hardworking nurses and long-term care facility staff or any kind of facility staff, they're not in that work because they don't care about people. So I think what I want to do with this podcast moving down the road is let's learn. Let's learn how to deal with facilities. Let's learn how we can treat them with respect, just like we want to be treated with respect and not look down on anybody who is in a facility for any reason. Um, Okay, another thing this show is not about is about compliance. This show is not going to be regulation specific. Okay, CMS just came out with this new rule that now we have to follow, and here's how to follow it. I am not a compliance professional. 
It is not something that I get excited about doing. I am a hospice coach. One of the things we did when we revamped our organization was I sat down with our compliance officer because she actually moved into the role of being my boss, and I was thrilled to have it happen. But we sat down together and said, okay, James, what do you like doing? What's that look like? And then she was like, well, here's what I like doing. That's what that looks like. And the line was drawn very clearly between what she enjoyed and what I enjoyed. And we were both able to move forward, very excited about what our roles were going to look like. It's taken us a while to get there because we like most hospices, have had some staffing challenges, but right now, as of November of 2021, we have an absolute incredible group of nurses and aides and chaplains and social workers. But I got onto a little bit of a squirrel right there, but the point being is that this show is not for chasing regulations and compliance and and you know, shows that are all about what the rules of hospice are and all of those kinds of things. That is for your current leadership to support you in and the interdisciplinary team. Um, And so that's just not going to be something what this show is about. But let's talk about what the show is going to be about and what my passion is for hospice in general. And I actually think it's the same for patients as it is for our staff. And it is the psychosocial part of hospice. I am of the opinion that hospice is only 20% medical and really 80% psychosocial. And that is for everybody, not just patients, not just nurses, but for everybody. The psychosocial part of hospice is the absolute hardest part for all of us to deal with, for our patients to deal with. Most of their concerns are psychosocial in nature. They just are. And they're fearful and they're afraid. Um, And what we, we need to be sure to be meeting their psychosocial needs first before we can even begin to meet their medical needs. So this show is going to also address the psychosocial needs of the hospice staff because I think that much of what we need is our psychosocial help. Um, so this show is going to be very... Um, practical in nature. Okay. Um, and so that's why I, I do believe that lay people will get some use out of this show because we, you know, each episode, um, is definitely going to address how hospice professionals can be more successful at their job, um, with this under the umbrella of we're trying to avoid burnout. So we actually stay in this work because hospice work needs all of us, um, to be a part of it. So, um, you know, this show is about help and encouragement, practical help. Um, and let me tell you something that it takes to be able to do that is constant self evaluation and willingness to learn. None of us can afford to just say, well, that's the way I've always done it. Not me, not leadership, 
not those of us who are out in the field each day seeing our patients, that we have to all live a life of constant self-evaluation and willingness to learn. So what does that mean? Well, sometimes that means I'm just going to be really painfully obvious in, or I shouldn't say obvious, honest. That's what I mean. Painfully honest when I'm recording these shows and a great quote comes to mind. Um, and I can't take credit for it. And I have to confess that I love the show Ted Lasso on Apple TV. So if you don't have Apple TV, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, but if you are watching it, um, at one point they get a therapist that's involved for their soccer team. And she gave a fantastic quote to him the other day. And she said, I can't be your mentor without occasionally being your tormentor. And I, anybody who's been in therapy, I may have been in therapy before. Shh, don't tell anybody. But anybody who has ever been in therapy may at times felt like their therapist was being more of a tormentor than a mentor. And I am, throughout this series, I may be confronting some bad habits that you have. There. I'm sorry to say that to you, but we all have bad habits and we need to be willing to look within ourselves and evaluate ourselves based on what other people have to say if they're, if they're watching us and if we've given them influence in our lives. So if you're listening to this, do you want that? Do you want the way you're doing things to be challenged? Are you willing to take a look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't have this all figured out? That I am burning out or I am struggling and I need some help because I want to stay in this work. Does James have all the answers? Absolutely not. Does he have a lot of them? Yes. I didn't make any of them up. This is my observation and what I have watched happen working with a lot of different nurses across hundreds and hundreds of patients over almost seven years. And I think I can bring you something that will help. And if you're listening to this and saying, well, I don't feel burned out, I'm perfectly happy. That's fine too. I still think there'll be a lot of practical um, application advice and content that is going to come from this podcast that will help you. And I thought of something the other day as I was driving around is that if you've ever go, gone on a day trip without a real plan, you've gotten on a, on a road that is taking you somewhere and you don't really know where it's going, but it's going somewhere, isn't it? And you can find yourself on a road that is taking you towards hospice burnout and you don't know you're on the road. There are times when we feel like burnout has snuck up on us and now we're feeling burned out where three months ago we weren't feeling burned out all and we were perfectly happy and we don't even know what has changed. And the fact is that we were on the road towards burnout and we didn't know. And my goal for this show is to help you identify what could be happening to you or what habits you may have in place that are leading you towards burnout and you don't know it. And maybe we can help reveal some of those things for you 
throughout the course of this show. And so that is kind of the whole point to all of this, to all of this show is it's about you. It's not really about me. So here we are contemplating what the future holds for us and this show and for hospice. So let me lay this on you to think about. Turn the music down a little loud. Is here's my tagline. Practical help for hospice nursing success. That's what this show's about. If you're a lay person, I would encourage you to still tune in because you're going to be able to learn some things. You are going to get some insight into the mechanics behind the scene. Maybe you have a family member who's in hospice right now, or maybe you will eventually because we all probably will eventually. What should you expect from your hospice professionals as far as how they conduct themselves day in and day out? What's behind the scenes? What is happening that you don't know anything about? I think you're going to get some of that from here. But I think a lot of what's going to happen in these episodes will apply to anybody, no matter what they do for a profession, because this is about practical help and the psychosocial side of being a professional doing almost anything really, but specifically towards hospice professionals. So before we get too far down the road, consider this. The tagline is practical help for hospice nursing success. And let's think of the 90-10 rule when you go through all of my episodes in this show and in life almost, is that this is 90% of the time. The advice that we're going to provide on this show um, is good for 90% of the time, okay? Um, There's always those 10% outliers, and I'm going to bring this up a lot as we move forward um, on this show is because everybody gets all worked up, and I give some piece of advice or an idea, and they're like, but what about this outlier? And what about that outlier? And what about this? And what about that? And those are those can be legitimate questions, but we can't address all of them every show. Um, there's always going to be outliers. Um, and so just consider that, okay? There's always going to be that. And um, so there's a few ways to get in touch with the show, all right? My personal blog website is confessionsofahospicenurse.net. Um, the podcast page is going to be hospicenursingpodcast.com. Please call and leave us a voicemail line at 816-834-9191. I would love to hear from the community. If you do have an issue that you're facing and you feel like it is psychosocial in nature, in other words, hey, I've got a difficult patient that is really struggling. Maybe the patient's not difficult, but their their situation is difficult. And how can I reach this patient, you know, and connect with them in a unique way? Um, if you're going to send me, one thing the show's not about is, you know, I'm not the king of every kind of symptom that comes along. You have medical directors and other hospice professionals around you and your organization to help you with that. This is the psychosocial side of things. This is, I'm struggling getting through my day. I'm struggling um, with boundaries. You know, this is, these are the, my areas of expertise that I'm going to bring. So you can also email me at james at confessionsofahospicenurse.net. 
So those are your connections with me, um, Hospice Nursing Podcast and 816-834-9191. So thank you for joining the show today. Thank you for listening to the first podcast. It's been good to have you. This has been episode one of the Hospice Nursing Podcast for November 1st, 2021.